0: I'm Polly. I'm a mom, a wife, a pelvic floor physical therapist, and founder of No Kegels University. I have helped thousands of women stop leaking, enjoy intimacy, and feel proud of their bodies, even after having kids. After years of listening to women wonder why no one talks about leaking, how they should properly recover after having a baby, and that pleasurable intimacy is possible, I started to get real frustrated because I believe that no mom or woman should struggle when there are answers. It became my mission to shed light on the lack of postpartum care and the lack of discussion on issues that relate to women and their health, even if they can be uncomfortable sometimes. It also became my mission to change the conversation on women's health, the pelvic floor and more. Here we go. episode number two, How Beyond the V Came to Be. I thought it might be a good idea for today's episode that I answer one of the questions that I get often. In fact, a lot of the following episodes will be kind of a frequently asked questions or an FAQ type of episodes just because I want you to be able to have those FAQs up front, but also I wanted to share this episode with you because I want you to know my heart and I want you to know that a lot of the decisions along the last, oh man, I'm not even that good at math, a really long time (laughs) because I'm kind of getting old, but over these last years and years, a lot of it never had to do with me necessarily. A lot of it had to do with my heart and Kind of doing what my heart wanted to do. I was just getting my brain to follow. So, in part one, I'll talk a little bit about how I became a pelvic floor physical therapist because I do get that, I do get asked that often. And then part two will be where I talk about how Beyond the V came to be because it has been on my mind for years and years. So with that, let's get into part one. So in the seventh and eighth grade, I started running track and I am actually not that great at running. And I think part of it was because I started growing and I started having knee pain all of the time. It hurt to walk, it hurt to sleep. And so I went to physical therapy like most of us do. And before that, I knew I wanted to be a doctor because my dad is a physician and my mom is a nurse. And I just knew that I could make a big difference in the world if I was a doctor or so I thought. And when I met with a physical therapist, I had never heard of them before. I just knew that the doctor told me that he would help my knee pain go away. And that's all I needed to know. And I thought it was so cool that this guy knew so much about the body. He got to spend a lot of time with me, which was different than what my experience had been being around doctors before. And I just thought that it was really cool. And in the ninth grade, I made the decision I am going to be a physical therapist, and I never wavered. Well, there was a two-week period that I thought it might have been a good idea to be a dental hygienist, but that's a story for another day. So I continued with this, and I didn't even really care too much about what my bachelor's degree in was. I just knew that it needed to be applicable. But as I started looking into things, I also thought, well, what in the world am I going to do with a biology degree? How does that even relate to physical therapy? What am I going to do with just a kinesiology degree I it just I really wanted something or at least on this journey anyways of exploring I wanted something that I could pair together that it that they would kind of play off each other in a very beneficial way and I discovered dietetics So I am technically considered a nutritionist because I have my bachelor's degree in dietetics. I just didn't go sit for the registered dietitian exam and do the same type of rotation that all of my classmates did when we graduated. So I went the physical therapy route after after that, and I got accepted at Creighton University. But let me also just even add in here that I never expected to get into Creighton University because at the time they were ranked in the top 10 in the country. And I thought there's no way that they would want me. I'm not that smart. I just, I really didn't believe in myself very much, but it turns out I got accepted and I, I would, I was just blown away that such a phenomenal school would want me to come there. So when I started physical therapy school, most of the time, each each person, we all kind of had an idea of what specialty we wanted. And I knew for a fact, or so I thought, that I was going to be a pediatric physical therapist, that I was going to work with kids because growing up, I always got told that I was such a mother. I always packed snacks for my friends. I was always helping everybody. I was probably bossing everybody around. In fact, there's videos of me being very little, like three, four years old, and I am straight mothering my brothers. And my mom keeps saying, Polly, you are not the mom. Stop being the mom. You're not the mom." And so I just, I just thought, yes, this would be a really great fit. So when we did our pediatric experience, the very first time that we did this, we also had one of our instructors in the room with us. And to be honest, I got nagged a lot. I wouldn't say I got in trouble, but it got brought to my attention often. Polly, you're supposed to be working on these goals with the kiddos. You're supposed to be doing treatment. And my feedback that I got at the end was that I was just being a mom. And essentially they said, you got to quit that. You got to stop. And I wondered, well, that's kind of innate for me. I mean, I've been told this my entire life. And it was a pretty devastating day because I had thought for years and years, I'm going to be a pediatric physical therapist. And at that point, I started to wonder, oh, what in the world am I going to do? Everybody else seems to know. And here I am. I just fell flat on my face. And my mind went back to an experience I had right after high school. So let me stop the story here and go back. When I graduated from high school, I started working as a physical therapy aide. One, because my dad said I needed to get a job. But number two, you needed a lot of observation hours and experience in order to. In order to apply to physical therapy school. So I knew that I would be able to knock out a really good chunk of those if I went and worked as a physical therapy aide. And so about that time, I started running again. I know running seems to be a theme in this. I don't think I've realized this until now when I've told this whole story as one full story. But each therapist there kind of took turns taking care of me. And I had all of this hip pain when I would run. And we had a new graduate. So she had just graduated from physical therapy school and she offered to take care of me this particular afternoon. And she started asking me, was my periods painful? Did it, was it painful for my tampons to be placed? Did I have bad cramps? All of these questions. And I totally thought that she was being so inappropriate. But the interesting thing was that I answered yes to all of these questions. And she said, I don't think it's, you're so as like everybody else thought, I think you have endometriosis. And fast forward a little bit, she ended up being right. So after what she suspected and later got diagnosed with surgery, and my endometriosis story is a story for another day, but it was just fascinating to me that why did this new graduate who doesn't have any quote unquote experience ask me these questions and she was totally right. And that was where a lot of my hip pain had been coming from. It it blew my mind. So I questioned her more. Well, how did you know to ask those questions that I thought were inappropriate? And so she told me that she had had an interest in women's health and said, and had had a rotation in this. So that was really interesting to me. And so I, okay, let's, we'll, we'll pick up the story back where we left off in PT school. At the end of that pediatric experience, where I realized I fell flat on my face and this dream of being a pediatric physical therapist was over, I realized I need a new dream. And my mind went back to this experience that I had with this physical therapist. Her name was Jen. And I thought, I, I need to go explore that because that was really quite incredible that she had this insight that nobody else seemed to have. I thought it was just a really, an interesting experience. And I, I wanted to know more. So I was able to go shadow a women's health physical therapist for an afternoon. And the area in which she worked was with women who had just had a mastectomy, following a, cancer, a breast cancer diagnosis. And I I don't like to be stereotypical, but if you have ever been around anyone that is undergoing cancer treatment or has finished, they just emit this light and they're so joyful and they find the silver lining. And it truly was a joy to be around these women. And I thought, well, I still want to be a mom So if I'm going to be away from my kids, I want to be doing something that brings me joy, and that I in turn can be able to help them out and to serve them and help them recover from the surgery. And so in my head, I thought, "Yep, this is it. This is what I'm going to do." And so for my very one of my very last physical therapy rotations, and if this is if this idea is new to you, a rotation or a clinical uh, somewhere in the middle of your schooling in your degree, in your program, whatever it might be, you get the opportunity to travel. I took advantage of that just because I was single and I thought it would be a really cool way to see our our great country. And I was really, really lucky. I got to do kind of a specialty rotation. This is before... It was a thing to have specialty rotations. It's pretty commonplace now, but back then it wasn't. And I got to spend three months in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, working at the women's hospital. And when I showed up and I realized that they don't do any post-mastectomy care or at least a physical therapist that I was going to be working with and shadowing, when they said that they don't do any of that, I called my mom and I told her I didn't want to be there anymore. And she said, well, why? And I said, mom, I think the pelvic floor, it's just inappropriate. I don't think that we need to be doing that. I just feel weird about it. And in true mom fashion, or at least the way my mom does things, I remember her saying something to the effect of, she has a couple of different sayings, but suck it up and, or cowgirl up was probably what she said to me. So as I started listening to these women talk about their stories, and why they were coming in and why they needed our help, it really put me in my place. And I'm here to tell you that hearing these women's stories, there was a grandmother who wanted to be able to attend her grandson's medical school graduation down in New Orleans at Tulane, and she couldn't because she leaked too much because she said there's no way I'll be able to get to the bathroom in time. I just know that I'll wet my pants and I'll embarrass myself, I'll embarrass my family and I'll embarrass my grandson. And I remember thinking, "Oh my gosh, I'll you, let's just get you better. We all we got to do is strengthen your pelvic floor and we're going to get you better and you should you shouldn't miss your your grandson's medical school graduation." Because it made me think of my both my grandparents, they attended most everything, no matter where it was in the country. And I thought if she wants to go, she should be able to go. That's, that's such a wonderful thing to have your grandparents support, but she can't, she can't do it because of her leakage. It just seemed wildly unfair to me. And then there was another gal. And I think this might've been my first introduction into topics such as this. And unfortunately I do hear it from time to time, but this woman came in and said. I just want to know if I can get better because sex is very painful and I know my husband's cheating on me, but I just need to, you know, maybe just come to grips if, you know, can I actually get better and then he'll start being faithful again or do I just need to get over it and, you know, I just accept the fact that the intimacy is not going to be a thing for us. Now I realize as I say that, that there's a whole lot to that but the mere fact that this sweet woman just wanted to be intimate with her husband i'm going to leave his choices out of this conversation but it was very devastating to me to to think that she was trying to settle or you know maybe just investigate a little bit to see if she could get better so she so that intercourse wasn't painful for her and Stories like this kept rolling in as we saw patient after patient after patient. And I remember one day, I had the strong impression that this rotation was not about me. It was about them. These women needed my help. And because I was in the specialty rotation, I knew how to help them. And I also was told several times by the therapist that I worked there that, I had a gift to be able to sit with women and to let them cry and to just be there with them with no judgment and just to show them love and to show them grace and then be able to pick up and start treatment and get them better. And I soon realized that my choice, in my opinion, if you ask me, was decided for me long, long ago. I think it's in my DNA to do this. And call me crazy, I think this is part of my life mission. So that is how I got started in women's health. And I was very, very lucky. I've had some really great mentors along the way. And I am happy to say that within the first two weeks of my very first job after graduation, I started treating the pelvic floor and I have been treating the pelvic floor ever since. So part two of this story is how Beyond the V came to be. There was a time when I was seeing, or at least the majority of the patients that I was seeing, they were all pelvic floor related. That was what I was seeing. And I I kept wondering, how can I help more women? And even at the time, I'll add, I was also treating the male pelvic floor and um, the pediatric pelvic floor, helping kids with bedwetting and constipation and such. And I just kept thinking, okay, I'm working 11 hours a day. This was when I was single. I wasn't dating anybody. I had all this time. And I I just wanted to help more people. And I thought, how can I do this? How can I do this? And this was before online courses and programs were really a thing. And I just kept thinking, well, how do I, how do people that I look up to, how do they, how can they teach all these? other people to get better. And I had dreams of, of, of doing something where I can make a bigger impact. I just didn't know how, and it was on my mind a lot. And then I started noticing, okay, well, people are coming out with these online courses. You just pay them online. They've created these courses and you can get better at insert whatever, you know, whether that's your handwriting or even workout courses. I think that was my very first online purchase in the digital marketplace was a workout program. And I thought it was so cool. And I thought, okay, I bet I could do this, but how I didn't quite know exactly how to do it because I knew that I was making an impact with my patients, but it was always one-on-one. I was nervous. How am I going to make this happen with a group of people? And so I started trying to take notes on the different algorithms in my head. You know, if I chose this for a patient versus choosing this, and I started just taking mental notes, sometimes actual notes. And I really doubted myself for a long time. And then I got married and my sweet husband, he heard me talk about this one day on the phone to a friend. And he said, Hey, why don't, why don't you do that idea? You, you know, I I hear you talk about you know, you were able to help this patient and this patient was so happy with you. And they told you that you helped them change their life. Why don't you go help more people then? Why don't, why don't you just do it? And I said, I don't think I can. I don't know how. And he said, I, I don't think that's a good enough answer. And he said, I don't think this is about you. I think it's about them. And it took me back to that moment in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where I had a very similar statement crossed through my mind that that rotation wasn't about me it was about them and so I vowed to myself that I would find a way to help women to help more women I should say and I became pregnant and in typical poly fashion I'm pretty good at piling a lot on my plate when I'm already very busy character character flaw or positive characteristic I'm not sure maybe a little bit of both but when I was newly pregnant, I thought I'm going to run a beta test and see if my method of doing this works among a lot of women. And so I put together a beta test and I remember being sick on the couch, trying to type up my emails to all these participants and answering their questions and sending videos and making outlines. I mean, it was a lot of work and I was really sick that first trimester. I, and the other part of the story is our house was tore up. We were also remodeling again, true poly fashion. It's not that I didn't have enough on my plate and I wanted to add a beta group on here. But again, I hope you can see that this is where my heart is. Well, I just want to help more women. And it was incredible to me that week one, week two, week three, as I was getting feedback from these women and having these conversations and discussions with them that their leakage was going away. So I never essentially got to assess them. I just gave them exercise programs. I gave them a little bit of education. They ran with it. They asked questions if they needed me and they were getting better. And that was how the beta group got started. And coming up with a name for this online business, In my head, I came up with love, grace, and the pelvic floor, and I realized I had to explain it to a lot of people. They didn't quite understand what it was, and I said, well, I just don't think women give themselves enough love. I don't think women give themselves enough grace, and I don't think the women give enough attention to their pelvic floor. So here we are, and even as I say it to you, I still don't think it does a very great job of saying what it is. And so I went to one of my sweet friends, Alicia, who I dare say is a little cheeky, which is one of the things um, that I love about her, a positive characteristic trait, if you ask me. And I asked her to come up with some cheeky names for this business. And she was the one who helped me come up with Beyond the V. And while it is cheeky, which it's catchy, I wanted you to remember it. But it also tells a bigger story that even when I'm helping someone with their pelvic floor, there's more to it. And that's exactly why I kept that name for this podcast is because there's a lot more to us than our pelvic floor, but our pelvic floor also should be considered into the equation. And motherhood can be hard and messy. Woman, Being a woman and experiencing this journey can be hard and messy. And so saying that there's more to us than our pelvic floor or our vagina, I think just tells a bigger story. And I am changing the conversation on women's health, the pelvic floor and more. So to wrap up, we have homework we need to talk about. So the first homework piece today is I want you to do one step towards your goal. If you, if you picked up in this story of mine, there's a lot of pieces in here where I had no idea what to do, but I took a step and sometimes, and I'm I'm happy to share some of my mistakes because there's a lot of them along the way, but that is one thing that my sweet husband kept encouraging me to do. What's one thing you're going to do this week for your business? What's one thing you're going to do? And I'm telling you, I was sick and puking on the couch. And I would say, yep, I'm going to get up and I'm going to write that email for my beta group, or I'm going to create an Instagram, or I'm going to do a post. A lot of that was really hard for me at the time because I was so sick being pregnant and then having a baby. And there there really was a lot that went to it. I guess the part I, I didn't add in there <laughs> that I just realized I missed was I did end up changing the name. Um, and I, there was a website and there was a course that I launched, but postpartum depression got in my way after my first baby. And then we soon got pregnant with our second after, and there was a lot of life choices, big life choices that we made. Um, we got into the rental property business and things just got big and full. And eventually, of course, I opened up my own clinic. I wasn't working for anybody anymore because I wanted women to be treated the way I wanted to be treated. I wanted to do the right thing for them, no matter if we could bill for it or not. So it really was a long journey. And all that to say, sorry, I missed that piece in there. <laughs> um, but I, I kept taking a step. And so your, homework, your first piece of homework is to take one step towards your goal today. Even if it ends up being the wrong step, It's not really the wrong step. It just will help you know, okay, that's not the direction. Let's pick another step instead. And the second thing I would love for you to do is to go to the show notes and click the link there and sign up for a pelvic floor strategy call with me in 15 minutes. You and I will come up with at least three strategies for your pelvic floor, and you'll walk away with at least a month's worth of exercises. So, with that said, remember, you're an heiress and a queen and everything in between. If you enjoyed this episode or even wondered if I can help you, check the show notes for more details. And to see what else I'm up to, follow me on the socials at Beyond the V, period, by Polly. Because I'm changing the conversation on women's health, the pelvic floor, and more, I still need your help. Please subscribe leave a review and share with a friend or two. See you next week.